0: Church now your kingdom forever will stand we won't be shaken we will not fear our god a mighty warrior your to consuming fire in victory you reign we triumph in your name jesus the great commander you conquer death forever in victory you reign. We triumph in your name. Your glory resounds to the age. All saints declaring your great renown. Your kingdom forever will stand. We won't be shaken, we will not be. Oh. Our God, a warrior, you're of consuming fire. In victory you reign, we triumph in your name. Jesus, the great commander, you conquer death forever. In victory you reign, we triumph in your name. we declare your name is power. Exalted one, your name is higher. You stand alone, a strong defender. Above you, there's no other. Above you, there's no other. And we declare your name is power. Above you, there's no other, 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 our God, a mighty warrior, you're a consuming fire, in victory you reign, we triumph in your name, Jesus, the great commander, you conquer death forever, in victory you reign, we triumph in Your name. I got a mighty warrior.
1: pray today, Lord God, we come to you today, and we're seeking you, and only you, God, so much um, in so many of our hearts today, a mixture of joy, a mixture of pain, a mixture of of just uh, direction, a mixture of loss, whatever it may be, God, um, just send your Holy Spirit here right now, and just uh, do a mighty work in all those who are gathered here, those who are part of church online, whatever it may be, God, um, just uh, minister to us and to our hearts the way you need us to be. For that, we'll just worship you, and we'll continue worshiping you here today. In Christ's name, amen.
0: Sing along. My foes are many against me but I will hold my
2: ground
0: I will not fear the war I will not fear the storm my help is on the way my help is on the way and oh my God he will not delay my refuge and strength always I will not fear His promise is true. My God will come through always, always. Trouble surrounding, chaos abounding. My soul will rest I will not feel the war, I will not feel the storm, my help is on the way. My help is on the way, and oh my God, he will not delay my refuge in stray. Cause Jesus paid it all It white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. Jesus washed it white as snow. Oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead oh praise the one who raised and raised this life up from the dead oh praise the one who, raised, raised the oh, the one who paid my debt raised this life Oh, praise the One who paid my debt and raised His life up from the dead, Jesus, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus, just for Your presence being here today, and just. Everything else today, just take and bring your Holy Spirit in mighty and mighty power. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's name, Amen. All right, this time before you sit down, I want you to greet some people around you, say hi, and um, after that, our kids can go to our Sunday school, Shoreline Ministry. There we go. How you doing? Good, everybody's doing well? It's summertime, right? Dwindling down. I want to welcome everybody here today. I'm using this mic right now, um, so we'll be good. Uh, A couple things I wanted to check. Number one, uh, here you go. A couple things that we want to look at is if you're visiting with us uh, for the first time, hopefully you are, um, you've are. you received a uh, small gift and a card. Um, and we'll be glad uh, that you're here. Um, if you're visiting for the first time online, let us know. There's a card. Just fill it out. Let us know what you think, how you're doing, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but just number one, relax and enjoy. We want you to just have a good time and uh, just connect to what God has for you here today. Um couple other things here that we have, uh, save the date, Youth Pool Party, August 26th, uh, 2 through 5 at the Moose Halls, um, and you can have the information that is there, um, youth at havencc.org if you need to go ahead or you can t- contact Teresa. Right? Anything else? Okay, cool. Um, outreach opportunity. Um, the uh, In case you don't know, we're here. Many of us are here um, because we they let us out of Haiti, so we're back, um, and um, it was an incredible experience. Um, The, uh, you'll, you'll hear it just a little bit. Um, one of the things that we wanted to do is um, the experience itself. Um, I don't think many of us are ready to fully share what God did in us. Um, you go to uh, you go to do something for other people, and God does something incredible for you, um, and He also messes with you pretty good. Um, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that um, a little bit later. Um, we wanted to give people time to just really uh, figure it out, and um, we know how. Good God is about letting us figure out stuff. All right. Um, so, but um, there's tons of pictures on on the website, also on Facebook. Um, you can just see them, and it's amazing. Um, you have an insert for the emergency rotating shelter uh, from our Havens Helping Hands ministry. You can go ahead and check that out. There's several things there that are needed, and the supplies need to be returned by September 24th. Paris Foundation is next week. Um, is Mike here? Okay, so we, how are we doing? I guess check and sign up. We need some people. Okay, so we still have some opportunities for people. Please go ahead and do that. And then pr- look at this, Operation Christmas Child. Here we go. It's getting close. Um, Christmas will be here. Our campaign is starting two, in two months, and we'll be ready to, ro- to roll and go that way. Okay? A um, couple other things that we have here. We have some prayers for the uh, Wilcox family as Uh, Sonia is leaving this week for college. Wow, I feel really old. Okay. I notice many people are doing so, and so we want to definitely, the transition for them and others. Um, Are you excited? Okay, sure, there we go. Good answer. Um, um, Robin Hildebrand has asked for prayers for um, her sister Jean Fairweather is in ICU due to a heart. Um, Jamie wanted to wish Patty a happy birthday and a year of blessings. She looked at her with, like, so happy birthday, Patty. Um, Tessa, where are you? Tessa had a birthday the day after we came back, right? And the whole E7 in Fort Lauderdale sang happy birthday to her. All right. And we're sorry, Tina, we rubbed off on her, okay? Um, And Jen Legullo wanted to pray for Taylor Day for a variety of issues that are overwhelming her as well. Um, Real quick, any other quick prayers that we need to lift up? Yes. Yes, we do have a praise. Jordan is here, and uh it's been a whirlwind of summer for you, huh? Got married, you're expecting a kid, and then um diagnosed with leukemia right and um and God is being good in hearing prayers, and he's with us, and we're um, we're praising God for um his work in his life right natalie there we there we go, awesome, so that's great. all right let's go to God in prayer. heavenly Father, we come to you today, and as we are here um we are your people um in whatever shape and form that may uh may come to um but ultimately god um we just want to see who, seek your face and uh be who you you call us to be God i want to thank you right now for um just all that you've done and how good you are to us um to just take the a couple several days in the last week and just uh me personally just look and see uh how how blessed I am, um, and then just to uh, come back today and just to see um, the number of prayers and the support um, that that has been given to you from your uh, from from your calling, God. And um, I thank you for that. For those of us who are um, who may be struggling here today, um, we just need you, and we need you to kind of like just just tell us what you would have for us and the things that that don't make sense, that you'll go ahead and, and make clear for these prayer concerns for those who are leaving for college, for others who are having joys of birthdays and anniversaries and other celebrations. Celebrate with them, God, and um, these are transitions in life to college and other things that We look forward to, and they're great, but they also are are trying at times, God, because um, everything changes from that point. So just be with the families and be with the individuals who are going to college and just send your spirit ahead of them. For those who are struggling with uh, physical conditions, bring your healing there. We thank you with joy that the healing that you have begun in Jordan and in that family, and we we know that uh, what Satan seeks to destroy, that we have a God who is a healing Jesus, and we just claim that upon Jordan. So, Lord, um, whatever it may be that you have to speak to us today, just reveal yourself. That's all I ask, is that you reveal yourself in the goodness of who you are. In your name we pray. As we send, ask for your blessing to be upon the many blessings that we receive through your tithe and offering, display to us how good of a good father you are and how responsive we are to our daddy in your name.
0: All right, please stand. Let's continue our worship today. I chose this song because I was thinking about this Haiti trip and thinking about what Jack said, you know, how, you know, we as Christians go and we think we're going to do all these great things and help these people, but, you know, you come back forever changed. And this is what the song is all about, a good, good father, you know. I mean, right now I hear a lot of things going on in this church, you know, leukemia and, you know, we got new life here. we got new babies in here. and So, so God's good in many ways, right? Let's all sing this song together.
2: of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are. You call me deeper still and to love, love, love. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. it's who you are, and I'm loved, loved by you, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Because you're perfect in all of your ways, perfect in all Praise.
1: Morning. Today's scripture reading is from John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own... He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Hi. Can you hear me now? There we go. It's like I'm using the old commercial. All right. How many remember white noise? Who has no idea what white noise is? This is how you age age check right here, all right? That's what we just did. Um, be, back in the day, when TV stations used to go off the air, they might have those test patterns all night. Or when you couldn't get something in, there's something called white noise. And we'll talk a little bit about that as the series goes on. But white noise is just that stuff that's like, how many of you have ever gone to sleep to white noise? So a lot of people. They actually sell that now in an app where you can go ahead and hear this and go to sleep. So I don't know whether that's uh, all part of it. So hopefully it didn't make you sleepy today um, to, uh, to go ahead and begin. Um, when uh, we were in Haiti, I had no clue what I was going to preach about this week. And then God just kind of gave me something, gave me a whole a sermon series. And it's, I'm still not sure what many of the weeks are. Usually I know what every single week is in a series. When we get there, I just know about how many weeks it's going to be. And right before church, um, you can ask Melinda. God gave me next week's um, already, but um, so I'm I'm a week ahead. So that's kind of pretty good, I guess, for what God wants me to do. But we're going to talk about white noise, and we're going to talk about tuning out distractions to see and hear God more clearly. Um, Anybody got any distractions in your life? Maybe got something that you think is taking you and leading you in an area where you, you, it's taking a lot of your time, a lot of your effort, uh, a lot of your money, a lot of your brain power. I don't know. You keep on going. We can go there. That's what we're going to do. So basically, um, the number one question I believe people ask is, how can I hear God? Or how can I see God? That's a question. How many, would, how many if I had the answer to how you can see and hear God, you would want it? Anybody? All right. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to kind of do. So let's look at our theme verse for this series. It comes from John chapter 10. It's printed in your bulletin, verses 3 through 5, and here's what it says. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Um, Jesus is using this metaphor, this parable, because people wouldn't understand what it means with a shepherd. And um, there's some really cool stuff about that. And they would actually lay down as a gate. So we'll, we'll get to some of that later. Um, it says, when he has brought out all his sheep, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger or run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Now, one interesting thing about sheep um, if you ever see, like, if you have like a flo- two flocks of sheep and they're trying to cross the road together, and one is coming this way and the other's coming this way, it would be a good way for sheep to kind of get mixed up. Am I right? But what ends up happening? As they're coming this way and they come into each other, even though there's other sheep there and sheep aren't very smart um, and but because they hear the voice of the shepherd, they will follow wherever he goes. Now, some get off a little bit on path, and he calls, and they come. So you can walk them together, and instead of getting intertwined and they lose, things, they, they will follow the shepherd's voice. And it's, um, so w- what we look here, and we see he's going ahead of him. And so what we want to do, we see that that they can distinguish the voice of the shepherd. And that's what we really need to do. With so many competing things for our attention and our lives in this world, many times we follow directions that aren't of our shepherd, uh, God. And so in this case, um, we have one more verse, and this is another key verse in this scripture, which says from Proverbs 3.6 in the message version, listen for God's voice in some of the things that you do on Sunday morning, in Bible studies, um, when you're talking to people, you find out that are preachers? Is that what we do? No. In, how, in what? In everything that you do, in absolutely everything that you do, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. How many need to be kept on track? How many the person next to you need to be kept on track? Raise your hand. There you go. You don't even know the person. You're raising your hand. All right. So I, I came up with this thought that I don't believe that God has a speaking problem. I really don't believe that God has a speaking problem. I believe that we have a listening problem. And, um, you know, uh, how many of your parents here? You ever have a kid that has a listening problem? Any have multiple kids that have, right? Anybody? Oh, uh, we have a husband here. Anybody have a husband that has a listening problem? Um, you know, there's, some, there's sometimes, it's always interesting when you talk to individuals who are so focused in on something that no matter what you say to them, you can be having, I remember my father-in-law, I used to be able to have like a five-minute conversation, and he would be so focused on television or something else, and he'd go, huh? And it was after five minutes, I thought we were having a good conversation. I guess it was good because I was doing all the talking. But, but, you know, there's certain people and individuals that they can just shut the world out and focus um, and I'll ask Judah, I'll ask him to do that, he gets his tree, I'll ask him, and I'll say, what? And I'm like, yeah, I just spent time talking to you, why didn't you do that? I didn't hear you. So you go through this thing, and I think many of us, God is speaking, but we just aren't hearing. And so that's when I want to spend some time today, and today I'm not going to give some major, like, earth-shattering things I don't believe, unless that's what God wants, but I really believe what I'm going to do is take this scripture from Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to unpack it, and we're going to outline it, and see what God has to say to us, to get us ready to, to learn to listen. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, um, <clears throat> or you, if you also have uh, your uh, worship guide, you can follow along in that. And um, if you have your app, pull it out, go ahead, whatever you need to do. And we are going to spend time in Luke chapter 8, primarily verses 5 through 8. And the first verse is going to, I'm going to show you, the first verse that I'm going to share up here is actually the last verse, and it's, um, it's right here. Whoever has ears, anybody got ears? Look at the verse next to you, they got ears? Who has ears? Raise your hand. All right, if you don't raise your hand, pull their ear and make sure they know. Or yell at them and say, you got ears! All right, so if you've got ears, whoever has ears, let them hear. This is at the end of the story that we're going to talk about in Luke chapter um, 8 today. Okay, this is at the end of it. And I just want you to hold on to this, and we're going to unpack this. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to listen up. I'm speaking here. You're not paying attention. Listen to me. Listen to me. Here are the words that I'm speaking. Listen is what he's saying. All right, so let's go outline this passage. Let's look at the scripture. A farmer went out to sow a seed. And as he was gathering the seed, some fell along the path. And it was trampled on. And the birds ate it up. And some fell on rocky ground. When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up, and with it, and it choked out the plants. Some would say thorns, some translations say weeds. Then other f- seed fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. So what we have, we have four situations here. Now, anybody, um, the way they used to sow seed is, it's kind of like anybody planted grass seed. Like, you don't go along and plant little grass seeds and go, grow. Take a little line, grow. You know, you don't do that. You just kind of fling it, right? Just fling it out. Fling, 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 okay? And so that's how, what they're explaining here. This person is flinging it. So as they fling, he's scattering it, and some end up on the path where it's stolen, right? Birds come and get it. It's trampled. Birds come, take it away, eat it, and it's no good. Other is on some rocky ground, and... um. So you have that. Others are thorns or weeds, and it's choked out. And the other one is good soil, which yields a crop. And he says, um, when he said this, he called out, and this is the verse that we already talked about, when he called out, he who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus does something next that he rarely does. He explains the parable. Jesus often would throw out a parable and never explain it. But this time, I think he really wants us to hear something extremely important. And so I'm just going to pray that you guys, and and, that I'm going to hear this even more clearly as he shares. Everybody good? All right, I don't care if you are or not, you're going to be. All right, here we go. So in verse 11, here's what he says. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the what? Word of God. The seed is the word of God. And as he said, Jesus didn't do this often. And in verse 12, he says... Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil, so the bird is the devil. Okay, if you ever seen that Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds? Devil, Satan, birds, evil. Okay, here we go. So the the word of God is placed, and it's placed on this path, and here comes Satan, comes in, sweeps it away, and takes the word from their heart, so that they may not believe and be saved. So I'm going to give you several things. The first thing, and I believe these are conditions of the heart. The first thing that I want to share with you is this, is the polluted heart, the polluted heart. Here you have the word of God going to a heart, but this heart is so polluted, so trash that all the trash of life is filling up the heart. And that can come in many different ways. That you have here. It's done actually in two forms that I want to share with you. Many of us have a polluted heart because of what somebody else did to us. Or what someone's did to us. Many of us, and I'm not minimizing this at all, may have been through an intense amounts of abuse. And that's polluted our heart to let go. Others of us may have just been taken advantage of or hurt, and we built up this pollution in our hearts that we can't love, we can't experience, because there's a stuff that is just here so much, and we don't know what to do with it. It's sin that others have done to us, and Satan loves to do that. And one of the things that I know that Satan loves to do is create conflicts. Often create conflicts with your family. Anybody had a conflict in your family ever? Anybody ever had conflict with someone in a church? Anybody had conflict with people at work? Satan loves to stir that up because it pollutes you to a point where you don't know what to deal with. The other one that I'm going to share with you, the other way the heart is polluted is by your own trashing of your own heart. In other words, that we all sin. Look at the verse next to you and say, sinner. And then go, me too. No, you didn't do it right. Sinner. Me too. Me too. There you go. All right. So if you're a sinner, and we are too, we all sin, but one of the reasons why our heart is polluted, not only because of what others have done to us, is because we keep leaving garbage there. And when we leave garbage, it eventually begins to stink. It eventually begins to take over. And there becomes all kinds of death and, dis- and disgustingness that it ends there. In other words, we have let things go on, and we have sin in our lives, and we have unconfessed sin. We have areas that we've been holding on to and dealing with, and it's beginning to pollute every area of our lives. And this trash begins to take over, and we carry it around and carry it around and carry it around, and it begins to stink. So we have bad relationships, and we have bad um, self-issues because we still have this stuff. And before we know it, that trash is not, you know, I don't know many people in my life, like I don't say, hey, you know, there's a place down on Route 40, right, it's called the Cecil County Landfill, I want to build a house right there, I want to go to bed there. Not many of us say we want to do that. You know why? Because it stinks. And because it's disgusting. And you got to live with maggots. And you got to live with flies. And you got to live with people's dirty trash. Have you seen the stuff people throw away? It's disgusting. All right? And so, as we exist in this point, before we know it, it takes something that was created to be beautiful in connection with God. And what it does, it pollutes it to an area that when the Word of God comes, we can't feel it or experience it. One of the, the most eye-opening sights as we came in... Um, you know, it's, we were talking about Satan tries to steal it. When we started off on our Haiti trip, we were in Philadelphia and we had a lady come over the announcement and she says this. You ready for this? She says, um, We're going to be delayed because the pilot says it's not a good plane. That's something you always love to hear when you're getting ready to fly somewhere. It's not a good plane. Literally, 10 minutes later, she comes back on and goes, Hey, it is a good plane. How are you feeling now? <laughs> good plane, bad plane. I don't care. Is it going to stay in the air? You know, that's what you want to know. It's like, it's a good plane. We dealt with that. We get to Fort Lauderdale. And we're, if we had had that first delay, we, may not, we would not have gotten to Haiti because that was the last flight going out. So we, were, so we began to pray and have people pray. And guess what? Bad plane became good plane. All right? Then we get down to Fort Lauderdale, delay, 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 right? All right. So we're saying, well, we're not going to get there for this. We're not going to get there for that. And we got in. And then as we are on the way, I want to show you just a, a brief image of something that we saw. It was dark. Um, it's not a good picture, a great picture. But you can see, see this in the streets. This is good compared to some of the errors we went through where you have people that are literally living in areas that are trash-infested. And one of the things, um, while we were there, it's, there's mountains there, and wh- what begins to happen is such a, a, an eye-opener about the condition of our heart. But while we're there, when this water begins to rush in, it takes it all from the mountains where the wealthy people, wealthier people live, and it sends it all down the hill to where the poor people are. So that you can't even get through the streets because of all the trash that has been in, in heaps. And, you know, and it's just continual. That is minor. And you know what? In these areas, we went by and we saw people that were, had a tarp and that were living there. And water and trash were just filling that. And guess what? That is the condition of many of our souls that are sitting right here today. That we have been building up this trash, that we have unconfessed sin in areas, that we've been wronged by people, and we have this here, that people that may be somewhere else, and, and when the word of God comes in, it seems to just flood, and Satan wants to take away all that is good and clean and just dump trash on you and in your heart and keep you separated from God. And you say, how can somebody live like that? And We just have no clue. But many of us live day in and day out. It may not be physical, but it is spiritual. We live with hearts that are trashed, that Satan is taking away the Word of God from our lives. This is the condition of the polluted heart. There's trash everywhere in Haiti. And guess what? As I look around this room and as I, I see the condition of people's hearts outside of there, they are filled with polluted hearts. And the word of God just simply washes it away as Satan builds up more and more garbage in our lives. What does it say in James chapter 1? It tells us something that's really good. And when you look at the magnitude of the trash as in Haiti, if you say, hey, how can we get this? You know, I mean, there's, we saw one trash bag the whole time and a handful of trash cans. And so we, we look at this and it said, what does James say? Get rid of all filth. And the evil in your lives. And humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts. For it is strong enough to save your soul. You see in other words what he says. The word of God does not grow in a polluted heart. It's easy for Satan to come and steal it away. So he says you got to get rid of that stuff. You got to give it to God. That individual sin. That individual stuff that you've been dealing with. Give it to God. He, God's a great trash dealer. And he wants to take it on just smash it down and carry it away so you never have to see it. How many of you have uh, trash service? Anybody have trash service? Do you ever wonder where that trash goes after you put it in the, in the can? Do you say, hmm, I wonder what happened to my candy wrapper. I really miss it. I'd like it back. I hope he took care of it. You don't care, do you? You put it in the bag, you know it's going somewhere. Why not do that with the condition of your polluted hearts? And say, God, take this, and I don't care what you do with it, just get it away from me. You see, here's the reality. We can't begin a new life until we turn from the old. You can't have the pollution in your life and have the new life that Christ wants to offer you. Because guess what? I can make a clean table, and if I dump a, 10 trash bags on top of it, ain't nobody going to go ahead and eat anything from it. Because pollution pollutes what is good. And we need to hold, hold on to what is good and not what is evil. Everybody good? Good. All right, next thing. Let's look at what he says here in the next section. It says, the rocky uh, soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in the soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. They believe for a while. You see, I, I would love to have five cents. I'm going real low. For the last 21 years of ministry, where I saw somebody who was going through a struggle, who came to Christ, and began to go with Christ, and began to go on, and then when life got difficult. Because somehow we got in our mind that when we become Christians, it gets easy. And probably one of the reasons is because we, we don't know our scripture. We don't know the word of God. And by not knowing the word of God... Do you recognize that every single follower of Jesus, all the disciples, died a martyr's death, but one? Every single one. And they did it with joy. That weirds me out. Does it weird you out? It does me. And so as we look here, what we see is they believe for a while, and then it wills. Because I believe what happens, particularly in our lives, and this thing's driving me crazy in case you don't know. Um, I'm, I'm an act, um, is that we have competing things for our hearts. There are several times that you may sit in a a church service and you may say, oh my gosh, that was the greatest sermon. And you do that every week, don't you? Okay, You come out and you say, that's the greatest sermon. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then as soon as you walk out the door, something is competing for your heart. That somebody is in a hurry to get out of here to go do something, almost run you over, and you think everything godless about them. You don't think anything nice about the person you just sat in, in the church with. That there's things competing for our hearts day in and day out, day in and day out. And we forget, and, it's, and we often act as if we did not even hear the message that was just spoken. We can walk out the door and say, that was the greatest message. Today I can say, you know what, God, I need to get rid of the pollution in my, in my heart. I need to do that. And then something will compete for it, and it will put, dump more trash on it. Because what we end up having is the condition of number two, the distracted heart. There are lots of competition for our hearts, and you know competition gets to us. You know, I got to tell you, I love this thing; it's awesome. And you know what's really cool? Yeah, how many have? Let me just ask. Raise a hand. How many have some sort of Bible app on a phone? smartphone look at that okay how many have some kind of like devotion or anything on there on your on your phone anybody it's really cool but how many of you are the people like me that if you have one of those and i'm looking right now and it's driving me crazy how many of you are one of those people that you have one of those little red dots that tell you like that there's little red things there that tell you that there's an email or the app needs to be updated or somebody sends it? how many how many does that drive you crazy till you get rid of them all how many of you are the annoying people that have like 470 next in that little red dot? Okay, we'll pray for you. Um, so, but that drives me batty. And so here we go. Uh, how many of you? If there's a text, you got to answer it. You get, you, it drives you crazy. How many of you email? You got to check it out. And I got to tell you, in using this through devotion and time with God, I've sat down before and I start. I'm doing well. I'm, little red dot. Got to deal with that little red dot. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Oh, text. Gotta get it. Oh, phone call. Oh, well, I better see who this is. Um, And before you know it, the hour is gone and I've spent a lot of time with Instagram and Facebook and nothing with Jesus. I've Snapchatted all day, but no God. And so, in some ways, what I believe God is calling me back to, which is a challenge now because my eyes really stink, is this. I'm, I'm gonna share this with you. This is called a Bible. It's a paper version. And it was given to me in 1991, at the first sermon that, I've, that I ever did in Northeast United Methodist Church. It was given to me by my parents. I've used it for years. It's my life manual. matter of fact, I bought a new Bible that had another cover, and it, it fell, uh, my old cover disintegrated, and the cover fell off the other one, and I taped this one in here. It says right there, given to our son by mom and dad on the occasion of your first sermon. If you look through this Bible, it has a lot of things of life. In it. I can't see it as clear as I used to. But guess what? Ain't no red dots in it that are gonna make me to be distracted from God. So many of us have so many distractions. It's okay to lock the door and say, Spend the time with God. Leave me alone. Okay? Sometimes we need to go old school to get back to God. I mean I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying for me, those little red dots are gonna keep me from Jesus many times. And I need him. I need him. So we have that. Let's look at something else. So we have these competing voices. And what I believe is that all of hell, all of hell wants to distract us from God and keep us from him. You know, as, as uh, I look at this in Luke chapter 10, there's another verse. And I've shared these about two sisters. Here is Jesus. Jesus comes and he, and sometimes our distractions are good things. You know, and they're, they're good, but we get distracted that we missed the really good thing and so here we have the story of two sisters mary and martha and jesus is there and he's teaching and he's teaching and he's talking and you have mary and mary's just sitting right at his feet going tell me more tell me more meanwhile martha's dealing with the red dots Martha's like, I gotta cook, I gotta do this, I gotta take care of that. Oh my gosh, here's an email. Oh my gosh, somebody's talking. Oh, I gotta do this. Oh, and then she looked at Mary sitting there. She's sitting on her butt. How dare she do that? I'm here doing all the work. She's getting distracted. She forgot who was right there speaking. And so many times we are Martha. We mean well. Martha was serving. Mary was listening. And sometimes you gotta stop serving. Did a preacher say that in church? Yeah. Sometimes you got to stop serving so that you can hear the voice of God. I've seen people even go through this church that were so new and, so, and they connected by doing, 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 doing. They lost the voice of God in the midst of it. And it became more about what I'm doing for God rather than what he's speaking to me. If it ever gets to that point, we need to stop and be merry. Not like happy, but be merry. The sister. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Let the red dots be there. They'll be there. For some of you, they'll be there in thousands, and you're warped, but that's okay. You know, when I was looking, when I, one of the things that stood out to me in Haiti, as we were going from the airport, and it's in the dark, it just jolted us, many of us, that we were silent, and seeing the conditions of people, and thinking all the minuscule worries that I spend my life with. Spending time that people in the body of Christ... We're rather gripe back and forth about stupidity. I'm going to call it what it is, stupidity, rather than doing what Christ called us to do. Because I don't have to make a decision when we walked around and asked people what we prayed for. I don't have to make a decision whether I'm going to put my child in school or feed them. I don't have to make that decision in my life. I don't have to do it. But others do, and that's wrong. It's wrong. As a Christian who is blessed to the nature that I am. It's wrong in our community. It's wrong in Haiti. It's wrong in India. It's wrong in most of the world. It's wrong. And I don't think Jesus is going to say, well done now, good and faithful servant. You did well with what you had and you held on to it. You need to make a difference in someone's life. And a mission trip is not about me feeling good for a week. It's about us as the body of Christ recognizing the magnitude of evil in this world and suffering, and changing it the best we can. That's my heart. That's where I am. God gave me this. You can ask anybody in the leadership team. Back at the beginning of last year in the fall, we met, and God God told me very clearly, Jack, you don't need another Haven Church in the United States. You need to either plant one or you need to find somebody that you can pour into. And I believe with all my heart That God gave us that this past week. With all my heart. And so what we see is... There's a pastor who's there... Who was, before we got there... Having to struggle with a decision... Of either to sell the property that he had... That he wants to build a school... So they don't have to pay to go to school. That a half-built dormitory... Where kids can go... That he gives out clean water... Because they can come there. He's wrestling with a decision... To sell a car, which he uses to do all this stuff, or to sell a property. And he said, I can't sell that property. And we said to him, and you won't sell that car. It's wrong. It's wrong when there are people struggling in our world today to magnitudes we can't exist. And yet, they are so loving and so trusting of God. You see, I've been Martha way too long. I've been worried about things. I've had sleepless nights on things that don't matter one bit in kingdom. But I need to be Martha and sit and listen to Jesus. I'll show you a picture of a guy, a guy named John Charles. He's the man standing in the middle there. He's not the white guy over there, just to let you know. Um, just in case you're hard to see John Charles, we went to his house and had an interpreter, and he began to talk to us. And they taught me in Creole how to say, do you know Jesus? Don't ask me now. I forgot it. But he asked me to say, do you know Jesus? And he stopped and he said, I know Jesus, but I don't go to church. And so we began to ask him why. And he said, hold on, hold on. He went and see that yellow chair. He went and got two or three of those yellow chairs. Yelled to his daughters to come, come out. And I began to talk to him. I said, why, why don't you go to church? And he said, well, I love Jesus. I do. But there's something that I see so many people here suffering. And he didn't have much, but he had a lot more than many other people there. I had a little baby goat that had been born that day, like this big. We got pictures of it. Still had the umbilical cord on it. You wanted to take him home, shove him in your suitcase, but that's illegal. Um, so, because they become big goats that had those weird eyes. Oh, anyway, go ahead. Um. So, he said, I love Jesus, but in many, in in some of the bigger churches around here, I see pastors getting wealthy, and I see the people still suffering. At that moment, the magnitude of what he's dealing with hit me, and I said, we all said, we are so, so sorry. But let me tell you, I believe that God brought us here today because he loves you, And let me tell you about Pastor Oog, who's got a heart for the people in this community. And I believe God wants you to know him deeper and know Pastor Oog. And he stopped and he just went, I said, can we pray for you? I said, yes. And he grabbed his daughters and we began to pray for him right there. And you can see the smile on his face. Receptive to the word of God. Even with the pain that he experienced. You see, here's what I learned. To hear God's voice, we must turn down the world's volume. we got to turn it down. Because guess what? We were talking about, like, pe- we, when people come to our door, what do we do? Slam. Slam. These people invited us into their homes. We're so hospitable in many ways. Let's look at the next scripture. next scripture says this. The seed that fell among the weeds, or the thorns, stands for those who hear but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. They don't mature. Anybody ever planted weeds? Some of you think you have. <laughs> weeds just kind of grow by themselves, right? And, and you know what? When you see, if you go by a house and you see nothing but weeds, what do you think? You think neglect. Weeds will grow by themselves. They'll take over a place. When it's neglected, and many of us are in a condition of our heart that we have a neglected, immature heart. So he says. He says first you receive it with joy and you're excited, but then it's, then life starts to get difficult. It starts to get worrisome, or even worse, you get wealthy. I knew somebody who had no, who who had a great job, lost it, had a job that paid about uh, not even a quarter of what they used to make, and they were. Seeking God, seeking God, and guess what? God opened the door, and they got a job back where they were, and they haven't been in church in probably 20 years. And pleasures, I believe this word right here, pleasures, is the biggest challenge to our Christian faith today. We want to have fun. We want to live it up. There's so much that we can get into, and we forget the fact that we find pleasure in Christ, true pleasure in Christ. You see, the immature heart. You know, Melissa and I have, and, and, and several of you as well, have had some deep conversations. I could go ahead and have, and have some deep, logical conversations. But I want to take you back to a time where my kids were little. And there's my niece right there. Um, so you can have conversations with them. And you know how you have conversations with little kids? How are you, little girl? Oh, yes, you are, big boy. Oh, boo, 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 boo. yeah. Oh, come here see me. I have the capability to talk better than that. You may not realize that, but I do. I, but, like, for instance, I don't go over and say, June, how is the girl today? June, 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 June. I don't do that. If I did, she'd go, what is wrong with him? I don't do that, but I can go over to June and say, June, how you doing, hon? I love you dearly, and I just want to say, hey, it's great to see you. You know, I, I say, Hi, how you doing? Because I know life's throwing some stuff your way. I can do that. I can go around this room Different people and have deep conversations with you. You see, Ellie right there, here, Ellie right there, Ellie. She says you don't want to talk to me, see? Um, see, I'm talking to her, she's blocking me out. There you go, it's family trait. Um, she got red dots on the phone trying to take them off, that's what's going on. Um, but I can't have a de- I can't d- ask her, what do you think the problem is with North Korea? And have a deep discussion. You know why? Because she's too immature. Many of us have an immature heart when it comes to God. And we hear what he says, but our faith is too immature. That I have the ability to have a great conversation, but if it's with somebody who's immature, it's not going to happen. You see, we're dissatisfied, many of us, with the level that God is speaking to us. But we can't have God speak to us anyway. He's still going, "Oh, you're just a good baby Christian. Yes, you are because we have not matured at all. We still play the same stupid games we did when we weren't Christians. You see, I don't like getting up. I don't even like reading. I like audiobooks. I like someone reading to me. Anybody want to read to me? I like that, you know, but i got to tell you, i got to spend time in the Word of God. I have to, and you should be glad that I do. Because if you think I'm bad now, just wait. God wants to give us adult conversations, but we have stayed in spiritual diapers for far too long. You can take every single Bible study you want. You can buy every self-help Christian book you want. And if you don't apply it to your life, you're never going to mature. Ever. Ever at all. It's like when you remember, like when you give like kids that are potty training, you give them the, like now we have those areas, they're diapers, and then you give them, them pull up things, all right, and they still mess in the di- in the pull ups, and you're like, Ew, that's disgusting, and you know you go through that kind of stuff. If you give them, and then you give them like the the underwear that has like strawberry shortcake or like Star Wars or You know whatever they are. You know what I mean, right? Don't act like you don't know what I mean. You're probably still wearing them right now. There we go. Um, They were cool. Like my first set of like uh, Star Wars and Superman underwear. They were cool. I had underoos. I thought I was Superman in like underwear. You know, it was cool. I had a little. Okay, Um, I still have that, but um, but I had to mature. I had to grow. I had to mature. I, I don't still mess myself like I used to. Even after eating Haitian food, okay? So, what does it say here? Look at this verse from Scripture in Hebrews. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never, ever give up. We must what? Focus on Jesus. Don't give up. Focus on Jesus. And that's why I'm going to tell you, when we make a push this fall, I'm going to tell you right now what we're going to do. We're going to do a series called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And that's going to be our next small group study. And you need it. And so do I. We need time to, put on, time to get rid of the underoos and put on some spiritual boxers. Or some tidy whities I don't care what they are. We just put them on. All right? And you know script, that's scriptural. Gird up your loins. Get them loins girded, people. That's part of spiritual warfare. We need to have small groups. I want you to look at that verse again. Melinda, can you go back there? Look at this. I want you to look at the words that's there. Since, look at, we, we, us. Next verse. Next slide. We. We, we, us, we, we, us, we, we, us. That's because we need each other, and that's the reason for small groups. That we need each other. I want to show you this picture right here. This is a little girl. What's her name? Naomi. She's 11 months old. She can't lift her head. There's something wrong there. And our tour guide said to us, she'll probably die. She'll probably die. Now, here in this country, we don't accept that, do we? Oh, no, no, no. We're going to take him here. We're going to take him there. There's no place for her to go. They don't know what's wrong with her. And guess what? She will probably die. Unless God intervenes. And we prayed for her. And we're just trusting God for a miracle in her life. That's a human life. And since we are surrounded by examples of faith in our lives, we too must be an example of faith for others. We got to be an example of faith for our community and our world so that we can not only... Jesus said... That too much is given, much is required, and to whom much is given, much more is demanded. God has demanded a lot when it comes to me, because here's what happens. Maturity comes when we stop making excuses. We got every excuse in the world to not do anything for that little girl. We've got every excuse we can come up with in the book. Not my kid, too much distance, um, Haitian government's corrupt, we got this, we got that. But here's what happens. Maturity comes when we stop making excuses and start making changes. That's what it is. And let me tell you, this is mirror preaching. I had the roughest day to prepare for a sermon I ever had because God has done something in my heart and mind that I can't explain. And so maturity comes when we stop making excuses and start making changes. When the fact that it costs $20 a month to send a child to a private good educational school. Something that is half of my bill when I go to Chick-fil-A. And the people in that area have to decide because they make $20 to $30 a month. Something's wrong. And I can talk about it and I feel good that I made a difference and I've worked my rear end off. Trust me, I did. And it was hard. And it, But in the midst of, of, of working for them, I'm crying because they're giving me something that I've never had. And God's doing something in my heart that he never has. Because he's calling me to be more mature. And do something about it. God pretty much told me, Jack, time to grow up. And and be who I need you to be for the world. You see, look at what Jesus says here in this last section, in Luke 8, 15. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word of God, retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. Produce a crop that yields others. In other words, what we're talking about here is the prepared heart. The prepared heart. God needs to prepare us for something. You know, when you, when you work ground, anybody who's worked ground, my grandfather used to farm a lot, and... Um, you have to really work at it, okay? Really work at it to get it there. And so we have to really, prepared heart doesn't just happen. It comes from where we are. And there's three words that came on, that God placed on my heart where I wanted you to hear, to prepare, to prepare this. Number one is this term, repent. And it's, the, it's one in Christianity that people get really nervous about because we're like, repent, repent, you sinner. You're looking like you're going to bust open hell, sinner. Repent, 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 right? <laughs> repent simply means this, Turn. About face. Military people, about face, what do you do? Turn around and go the other and go the other way. Turn around and go the other way. And if you've been heading in a direction that's not of God, turn around and go the other way. That's how cool God is. You can just you get a do over. Next thing is refocus. Get back to prayer. Get back to reading the Bible. We've been putting on since the beginning of the year the one year Bible. On our website. And when it started off, the numbers of people checking in were big. And some of you right now are probably saying, I'm back like in March somewhere. I don't know what happened. Don't worry about being in March. Start today. Just get the Word of God in your life so that you can refocus your life on what's important and go back through that. And this last thing let God do this revive you. Repent, refocus, and let God revive you. Ask God for revival in your life. Ask God what's going on in your life. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says this. Let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let us make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. Let's make a clean break with all those things and make ourselves fit when it happens. You see, God wants to clean out all pollution, all distraction, and all immaturity, so that we can have a prepared heart when we repent, refocus, and then He can revive us. I want to show you a picture. This is Pastor Oog, Oog Pierre, it's spelled like hug. And this is in a moment that after um, we got to spend some downtime with him, he had a gift for us. And when I say us, I don't mean the people that went on the trip, I meant Haven Community Church. Because I saw somebody say, hey, I want to be part, I'd love to be part of the team someday. You are part of this team. This is our church. This is everybody who contributed in any way. This isn't about just us who went on there and did that. That's just what God called us to do at this time, be hands and feet for your prayers. If it wasn't for your prayers, we never got there because Satan was trying to take it away. And it says here, honor and merit to Haven Community Church, that's all of you, for contributing to the progress of our church and community from Mission, Evangel, D, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. And he put all of our initials on here. But this is is yours. This is ours. This is everybody who watches online. And this is not... Something to say, wow, we did that, that's great. Let's hang it up and say, that was good that we did that. At this point, I told him, this is just the beginning. We've made a connection with him. We've promised him we are not letting him sell his truck. No matter what I have to do to do it. We're going to make a difference in this community. I want to see these little kids. I want to go back and see Naomi going to school. I'd love to come up with a sponsorship program for the children of this community. To educate them so they become the doctors and lawyers and pastors of tomorrow. And guess what? That's a heck of a lot better than my Big Mac. Right? I'm already thinking, how can I make changes to make a bigger impact for Gressier? Because I believe God put them in our lives. And as your pastor, I'm making a commitment to this community. I'm doing it. Because I just really, really in my heart believe that what God, what I, when I was looking, I tell you, when I started this church, I thought we were going to have multiple sites here, and I was going to be screened, and, this and, what, and that's fine for the churches that do that. But that's not what I, what I want to see, and that's not the mission that God's placed on my heart. What he's placed on my heart is to serve the people in our community. We're awesome with Paris Foundation and other things. We're awesome with that. And you are awesome people, and you have a heart for God, and you should be proud of that. But we can always mature a little bit better. And God has opened up a door to say, now I'm going to take you global. And you're going to make a difference in the lives of these people. And there's going to be people that are alive because of your gifts and your love for them. That is an awesome calling. And we should all thank God that he's found us worthy enough to do that. This is going to be prominently displayed in our church forever and ever. Because here's what happens. God is seen and heard more clearly in a prepared environment. And we're going to prepare this environment that we have. So right now I'm just going to ask the worship team to come up. And we're going to continue to honor God fully. And we're going to thank Him. And so whatever's going on in your life, we're going to to deal with that. We're going to pray for that. Please stand where you are and let's pray. God, I come to you today. I come to you tired because I haven't worked like that in years or maybe never. Um, I went to school, so I'd never have to do that ever. And I thank you that you called me out to do that because in the midst of that, God, Tears began to float on my face for a pastor who's willing to do absolutely everything for others. And so with Pastor Oog, I just ask that right now as he's meeting, that those people and those faces and those individuals, that God, you you will hear and we will be found faithful to make a difference in there. For those of us who have a polluted heart, God, I have a polluted heart. I recognize. I recognize that there's areas in my life where I'm selfish. There's areas in my life where I've been sinful and angry and And just areas of my life where I've just been frustrated. There's areas of my life where I care more about me than others. And so, God, right now I want to repent of that pollution. I want to ask you to just take it. I'm bagging it up and I'm putting it on the curb of my spiritual life. God, just take it and throw it away. I don't care what you do with it. Just get it out of my way. Because, God, also, there's too many distractions in my life. I'm worried, like like Martha, I'm busy, busy, busy doing stuff, and I'm worried about a few things that make no effort for the kingdom. God, help me focus not to be distracted, but keep my eyes on you and your calling. And so, God, I'm sorry for my distraction, buying into distraction. And God, where I thought that because I've been a pastor for 21 years and I got all this together, I, I want to repent of the times where I was like... I don't need to do missionary work. I'm doing it here. I don't I need to take care of people there because we need to take care of people here. And I want to repent of that because that's my immature heart, speaking. And my immature heart right now asks for forgiveness. But God, you've called us to something greater than we are. And it's only accomplished through your son, Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit. I pray that we... We be attentive, and we pull out weeds that are within our own congregation. I, I play that we pull out weeds that are that are stopping us and and stumbling blocks to us. In order for your growth, may you cause us that when we when we throw out a a, a group study like uh, like we've done before, but like we're looking toward crazy love, that God, you'll teach us more about how we need to be completely insane in love with you and with others in this world. So, God, as we enter to this point, I I, I repent and I want to refocus my life. I want to refocus the ministry that you've called me to. Not to stop what we're doing, but God, refocus and say, hey, this is bigger than than whatever you called us to be. God, I believe that you're going to send revival to this church and to everyone who you've called by your name. And I just have a vision that a community that you brought us to in Haiti going to be transformed not by our might not by our power but by your spirit thank you God thank you for who you are for all the rest of us who are struggling with the pollution of our hearts the distraction of our hearts the immaturity of our hearts God work on preparing that rake away those areas of our lives may we come to know you if we've never met you before in our lives may not be what we plan to hear today. And God, I, I want to right now say, I want to clear that we're not going to give Satan the stronghold that he says, oh, people who went on that trip think they're a little bit more elite or anything. That's not what it's about, God. It's about that we are a team, all of us here as this body of Christ that you've called us to. Whether you went or whether you didn't, we are called to be your people. And I thank you for that. So, God, right now, Satan has no stand. He tried to keep us from getting there. He tried to mess us up when we're coming back. And he has no stand on your calling. So, Jesus, flow into our hearts. And for someone who doesn't know you, may they receive your love here in amazing ways. They open their hearts and say, Jesus, I, uh, I don't know what this is about, but I need you. So, God, may you minister to their hearts. And give them a calling and a vision in their life. As we praise your name. Show us the way. In your name we pray. And everybody says.
2: Jesus, you
1: Jesus, that um, at every knee shall bow. Every time you confess, Jordan, it's the name of Jesus that's healed you. I'm holding on to that. Um, it's the name of Jesus that all hell has to shudder. Flee. It's the name of Jesus that has brought this church into existence. For this time, for what we do now, we go, uh, Sonia, it's the name of Jesus that's going to carry you through school. It's the name of Jesus that's going to carry you guys through work. It's the name of Jesus that as you continue, when all hope is lost, and when you've lost people you love. It's the name of Jesus that has, when everything else is fallen apart, he stays the same and gives you strength to face tomorrow. It's the name of Jesus, that only by the name of Jesus that you can be saved. Um, I was, I just uh, was reminded, I was talking to someone last night on Facebook because it had a red dot. Um, and... Um, A girl named Ember who was in an accident, Her um, Father Steve. Um, he got his first hug from her the other day. Uh, it was on Facebook. Um, she was in a senseless accident where someone was distracted and injured two little kids. And, and so um, I told him we pray for her as a church, and we're going to do that. So I add Ember to your, to your prayers um, because it's the name of Jesus that she's still here with us. In the name of Jesus, that she's going to have a testimony of how good he is. And so, uh, and also pray for the person who was distracted that did this. It wasn't a purpose. Pray for them as well. All right. I don't know how to end this except for he's good. I'm not. And next week, um, next week, I can't see the bottom there. What does it say? Cutting through the static. So next week, we're going to cut through the static. All right. Have a great week. Love you all. Hugs. <laughs>